Blog Talk Radio. Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear her support. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect my heart back to the way He originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516- Four five three nine one one eight, or you can look at us on Facebook Live. We are on my page, Brother Prater, B R O T H E R Prater, P S and Paul R A T S and Tom E R. Brother Prater, you can send your comments, suggestions, whatever you want to say. Feel free to post it on uh, Facebook Live, or you can give us a call at five one six. Four five three nine one one eight, or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. 
Or you can go to our chat room, which is available. I'll cut it on right now. It is available right now on our website. You can send your prayer requests. You can leave your comments. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, our senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for continued prayers and support. I want to send a special shout-out right now to Miss Crystal Lusk, to Marty Conley, a happy belated birthday, and also uh, Miss Keisha Wade. Uh, also, Miss Keisha Wade and Miss Crystal Lusk do a fabulous job in helping so many people. I want to hold you all up in prayer. I want to thank you, first of all, for y'all great work. Also, Minister Mack is online and a good friend of mine, Mr. Minister Joel Lewis. Bless y'all so dearly. Question. Are you feeling so discouraged about love that you feel like giving up? When you think about your past experiences or all the negative things you've heard some people say, Make you wonder if if you want to deal with that mess. But although there are some folks you never want to deal with again, believe it or not, there are still some people out there who are respectful, who are loving, who are committable, and will prove to you that shivery ain't dead. If you keep your focus on God, consult him about everything and everybody. He will show you that mate he has for you was well worth the wait. And also well worth the risk of giving love another chance. So on today's show, we're going to talk about healing from past hurts, forgiveness, finding the strength to love again, and much more in the episode called Giving Love Another Chance. Now, actually, it may sound strange, but the topic actually came came about because of a post that I had made on the 23rd of August. And the post reads like this. If you love beyond yourself. Let me say it again. If you love beyond yourself, you will live beyond your hurt. If you love beyond yourself, you will live beyond your hurt. Don't allow a bad experience to make you pull the plug on pursuing love again. Instead of trying to self-medicate yourself, 
give your hurt and regret to God and allow him to heal you of any fears of love. Think about it. Love didn't fail you. The person you chose to love failed you. This time, let God be your matchmaker. He knows who would protect your heart and who would infect your heart. Remember, giving, excuse me, remember, give love another chance, this time under God's control. Hashtag true love still exists. That came to me because as I was as I began to think, I thought about a situation I was in a couple of years ago. The situation was I was at work and I fell. I fell, I fell off the loading dock and I fell and hit my head. I My head hit the back of a truck and then my head hit the ground. And as badly as I was hurting, my face was burning. I had my hand over my face. And all I remember, as my face was burning, I felt my face burning so badly, I thought that my skin was peeling off. I thought that the heat that I was feeling was peeling my face off. And so I had my hand over my head, and I remember the paramedics tried to come and remove my hand, but I was not going to get my hand off my face. Because I thought when I had my hand over when I had my hand over my face, I thought my hand was actually protecting my face. I thought my hand I thought my hand was keeping my face together. But I thought that if I moved my hand, I thought that my skin was gonna peel off. But as the EMTs were trying to remove my hand, they assured me that they got everything under control, and I had to trust them enough to remove my hand and allow their hand to be over my head. Now, actually, this is a scar. My eyebrow is actually covering it up. And so when I began to think about the incident that happened to me years ago, God brought it back to my remembrance. He told me, just like how I was so scared to remove my hand over my face because of my injury. God said that's how we are a lot of times pertaining to the emotional injuries or even the spiritual injuries that we deal with in life. How we are so scared to remove our hand and allow his hand to come and heal us. And I was like, wow. So that's how that particular post came about. That particular post came about because of God reminding me what happened when I fell. And so I always tell people, God will minister to you or talk to you in any type of way. And a lot of times when when we're paying attention, we can see God speak to us. We can hear God speak to us. But a lot of times when we're distracted, we miss. God's voice. We missed some teaching that God trying to school us in on. So with that being said, when I thought about that, I was like, wow. So even though that happened to me in the physical, God was trying to utilize 
that example to educate us on what he wanted to do for us in the spiritual. And a lot of time it pertains to matters of the heart, love, relationships. And so when I think about it, there was a lot of response that came out of it. And so I felt the need for us to just have a conversation about it. Because when we look at it, a lot of times we deal with that issue pertaining to matters of the heart or love. And a lot of times we're dealing with it, but because no one acknowledges it at church, a lot of times we don't bring it up. And we end up leaving church just as hurt as we were when we make it made it to church. So this is the time for God's people to just talk about those things that are plaguing our spirit, that is troubling our spirit, troubling our heart. What? Matters of the heart. And one of the things I always tell people, as you live this life, and even as you pursue love, or if you have experienced love in the past, sometimes you're going to experience some type of breakup, some type of disappointment. A lot of it don't have to be a breakup. It could be a disappointment. It could be a rejection. It could be a letdown. So regardless if you dealt with a divorce, a breakup, or even a denial or rejection, we still have to be able to give that to God. And so I want to first put this disclaimer out there, tell folks that first and foremost, I'm not a licensed physician or a psychiatrist. But one of the things I do believe in, being a person, being a man of God, that's believing, talking about conversation and for us to be able to look at things from God's perspective, but also in a healthy perspective. You know, now, one of the things I always tell people, we got to be real. And when we deal with these kind of issues, that doesn't mean that we are in sin. You can date and not be in sin. I want to put that disclaimer out there. A lot of times people think because you're saved, or even if you're a minister, well, you're not supposed to date. Well, how in the world are you going to get married? Just point blank. So, wrong with dating or courting, but there's a godly way of doing things. We don't have to date in a secular way like the secular people. Always tell but as believers, first and foremost, sex is for marriage. So you can go out with someone without having a word about, well, you know, what people are going to think, people going to say, so what? You just make sure that you do things the right way. You just make sure that you don't put yourself in a situation where you cause people to come up with their own or even to accuse you of anything. I always tell people, if they're going to accuse you of something, make sure that you're innocent. So you don't put yourself in a situation where your good be evil spoken of. So, like I said, I want to, I want to make sure that we put that disclaimer out there because, unfortunately, there are some people regardless if they're musicians, ministers, or whatever, there are some people that are shysty. Let's put it out there. And some of them are in the church. So we're not going to be blind to that. But most importantly, we got to remember, that's life. They, they everywhere, in the church or out of the church. But we're going to talk about dating God's way, the right way. 
like I said, waiting until you get married. It's not just for the women. It's for the guys, too, of all ages, correct, of all ages. And especially this day and time, I remember my son was in the fourth grade, and he was telling me that there were some classmates of his that were bisexual. First of all, fourth grade, what are you thinking about sex, much less, you know, bisexual? You know, that 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 concerned me, but this is the day and time that we're living in. So we as believers, we got to have the conversation. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it to our children. We got to talk about it to our family. But most importantly, we got to bring it up in the church because if we don't talk about it within the church, then the church folks or church kids will get a distorted view on something that God made so beautiful, and that's love. So if we don't talk about it, then they may feel that we're depriving them of something. But what we have to do, we have to educate them. We got to understand what they're dealing with, but also we got to understand how to talk to them in a right language. We can't go over their head. We got to meet them right where they're at. We got to let them know, hey, look here, what you're experiencing now, I experienced the same thing when I was your age. But a lot of times, I'm going to be real with you, a lot of times, we talk to people regardless if it's our children or sometimes others in the church. We we don't bring a connection. There's no there's a disconnect because we'll tell them, well, you just need to go to church. You just need to stay in your Bible. Well, how in the world are they gonna live this life? How are they gonna date? We tell them wait on God for their spouse, but we never tell them how to wait on God or how God is going to talk to them about their spouse. And so what they do, they confuse dating with ministry. What does it mean? When it comes down to uh, seeing someone of opposite sex, because they say, because they are Christian and they try to help people get saved, what do they do? A lot of times they end up linking up with people that they shouldn't be dating, but they should at least refer them to someone of the same sex that's going to help them. But because we're not talking to our our children, our family, or even to those within the church that might be younger than us, because we're not having that conversation with them, what do they do? They end up trying to help somebody of the opposite sex to become a better person. And what happened? They end up confusing that emotion of help with love or lust or infatuation. So that's why it's important for us to talk about it. But along with that, there are many people that have experienced uh, letdown, disappointments, or relationships, whatever. And one of the things I wanted to I wanted to talk about some things that kind of hit me for us to be able to just put everything in this perspective. When it boils down to giving love another chance, first of all, we got to understand love is risky. You know, it's a, it takes a chance for you to even pursue someone. Excuse me, let me refer as men, the men to pursue a young lady. I'm going to tell you, those that know me, 
y'all may see me on Facebook, y'all may see me on videos or whatever I think may post, but I've been told in the past that I'm a slow mover. <laughs> um, you know, my thing is I like to make sure not so much, not only for me to know a person, but also we have to allow the person to know us. And a lot of times people can move too fast or some people can move too slow. So um, from what I was told, I moved slow. But along with that, being able to really just examine how things are, but also understanding who you're dealing with. So as the man, as the man that may be seeing someone that they may be interested in, you're curious about them. Now, as the man, you're seeing them, observing them. For us as men, we have to think about, well, I'm going to backtrack. I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to pull this example. This is a CD. This is a CD I have right here. A lot of time as men, what we have to do, we have to look at the responsibility of if I married this person, could I provide and protect for this person? Not just a date, but as real men, we are supposed to be having some type of game plan. Just a day by day. Ultimately, as believers, as believers, we're dating to get married, point blank. We're dating to get married. You're not dating to waste your time. Of course, you're dating to um, you're curious about that person and you want to do your homework. But I'm not saying you date them today and tomorrow you're trying to get married. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is you should have some type of goal. As the man, when you see this young lady, you're supposed to at least try to figure out, I'm removing her from her parents' house. Can I provide for her? Can I protect Can I protect her? Am I willing to be committed to her? Point blank. If you're not willing to be committed, then not just leave them alone. Don't waste your time, but don't mess up that person's life. That's male or female. If you're not willing to be committable, if you're not willing to commit, leave them alone. I've seen too many good women having their lives ruined because they're around some sorry, knucklehead boy who have no intentions of commitment. So that goes both ways. There's been some young ladies who have wasted guys' time. They were all about the Benjamins, all about the mighty dollar. They were trying to get whatever they can out of that guy. So like I said, I want to talk about it on both sides. It's on both sides. But for those who are sincere, for those who are trying to do the right thing, those who believe in love, believe in God, and believe in commitment, doing things the right way, you want to make sure if you feel like you can't provide, you can't protect for her, first of all, spiritually, spiritually, as men, we got to think about, can I lead her and her family, our family, if we do get married, if we do get together, am I willing to be the spiritual provider, the spiritual provider and protector? Am I willing to spiritually protect her? Not just 
protecting her spiritually, but also like Christ did. Christ gave his life for us. So as men, are we willing to give our life for her? That's what we got to think about. Being a man, being a husband is a great responsibility. But if you choose not to stand up to be the man, then don't waste her time. If she's looking for a husband, but you still into games, don't waste her time. But also be mature enough where if she if she wants to be with you, you let her know, hey, look here, you know what? I appreciate you. I respect you enough to tell you I'm not the one for you. I'm not ready. That takes a mature man to say that. Now, one of the things we have to think about as as ladies, well, not me as ladies, but as ladies, what you have to think about, what I mentioned earlier, the man's supposed to be the spiritual head, the spiritual provider, the protector. You ask yourself, that lady, that man that you see, that man that he might be pursuing you, you might be interested in him, but you ask yourself, can he spiritually feed you? Now, that's a very important question for the ladies to have to ask themselves because what's going to happen if you choose him, he cannot spiritually provide for you. He can take care of you financially. That's, that's one thing. But we're talking about spiritually provide for you. What may happen, you may become spiritually agitated. Why is that? Because you're going to know that you are lacking something. And what's going to happen, you're going to be, uh-oh, my computer. He's going to, he's going to disappoint you. I apologize, uh, my computer's, my computer's going up. Oh, well. Anyway, um, what we got to do, we got to think about as ladies, ask yourself, can he spiritually provide, feed you? And the worst thing, the worst thing that can happen to a young lady is for her to be with someone but be attracted to somebody else. And a lot of times when a woman is not fed spiritually by her man, she ends up becoming emotionally attached and spiritually attached to someone else. And that other person could be their pastor. It could be another man. It could be variety of people. Now, that doesn't mean that they're uh, cheating uh, sexually. That doesn't mean that. But what I'm saying is, women, you got to think about, you are choosing your spiritual, quote-unquote, pastor of the home, your spiritual leader of the home. So it's very important, first of all, for you to have that relationship with God and for you to be spiritually fed so you can recognize, is he able to quench your appetite spiritually? If he's not, then he may not be the fit for you. See, each one may have a different level of a spiritual appetite. Now, that spiritual appetite can also be on the same side as an emotional 
appetite. So you want to see if he's able to feed you spiritually, mentally, emotionally. But a lot of times in the past, we have been into situations that we chose someone that either was not suitable to feed us or they ran away from us. They may have cheated on us. They may have divorced us. And with that, what do we have to do? We have to first make sure that we, first of all, forgive them. There's a couple of things I want to bring up along with forgiving them. When you have dealt with some type of situation that have caused you, there was some type of situation that has caused you to having to be single again. And that single is in divorce, um, also even just a breakup. Now, of course, when you're single, that means you're not married. But there are people who may have dated. You're still single, but you're unavailable. You're already with somebody. But we're talking about those who are no longer by those who may be um, single, who may no longer be dating anyone. Um, excuse me one second. My, I'm going to see if I can continue to talk. I'm going to move away from the desk for a moment. I'm if I can continue to talk. My laptop uh, battery is going down. I, I didn't plug it up. I apologize for that. Thank the Lord. Here it is. Okay. Give me 14 seconds. See if I can get this going too. Thanks to Lord. Okay. Thanks to Lord. Yeah. So, with that being said, got it. Everything's working now. So, what do we do? Let's first talk about this. When you are now single, like I said, break up, divorce, or whatever. We have to first ask, how can you make a selection better than what you made in the past? A couple of things that I wrote down, fast and pray, and I'm explaining some and explain some things. Fast and pray. First of all, I always tell people when it comes down to if you want to say making a mistake or making a if you want to say a bad choice or um, a choice that may not have worked out worked out. I always tell people it's best for us to repent. Not only to God, that doesn't mean that you sinned, no. But you repent to God or you repent you also repent to yourself. Sometimes we have made decisions that may not have been in the best interest of us or even to others. It's always good to start off with an apology. And like I said, that apology could be to someone that really needs it. And that apology is to that person that's in the mirror, you. A lot of times, we beat ourselves up. A lot of times we don't realize how much of a need 
need, then we need to apologize to ourselves. You'd be surprised at the the attitude that we have towards others when they owe us an apology. Attitude, the it, it, it's some type of spirit that comes up when you deal with someone that owed you an apology. Am I right? So don't you know that that same spirit when you know that somebody owes you an apology, just in case you don't know it, a lot of times that same spirit may even come upon us even when it's us that need to apologize to ourselves. So that's something we have to think about. Always starting off with an apology. Go in the mirror and apologize to yourself. Apologize. You know what? I may not have made the best decision. And like I said, even for whatever reason that you may be single, divorced, or whatever, just because that person has divorced you or left you or you broke up with them, vice versa, that doesn't mean that the other person is a bad person. No. It's just all about preference. Even if somebody cheated on you, hey, no offense. Now, of course, it may sting, but the main thing is, hey, free them. Now, along with, I always say about fasting. Fasting, I found out in Mark 9 and 29, it tells us some things come by prayer and fasting. And prayer and fasting, it actually opened up if you want to say on these spiritual senses, it, it heightens your spiritual senses. And so when it pertains to making a change, when it pertains to cleansing, detoxing, fasting helps tremendously. Fasting, it wakes up, it wakes up extra parts of your spiritual being, and it helps you to be able to hear God more, hear God better. Now, the other thing is check your motives on your selections, on your past selections. Take an inventory of the past decisions or the people that you have dealt with in the past. You may have chose them or you may have allowed them to your life. When you take an inventory, always tell people to write stuff down. Because what happens, we try to retain things in our head, and we end up jacking up. So it's always best to write things down. When you write it down, you're able to visually see it. Write it down. Ask yourself those deep, hard questions. Uh, I'm going to bring this up real quick. Um. And this is me being transparent. Those that know me, I, I don't mind being transparent. I would throw myself under the bus. If it will help people to understand, if it helps people to get the healing that is needed, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. Um, a couple of years ago, actually I believe it was on nine years, um, I went through a divorce. I was married before and um, ended up going through the divorce. And so I went through a divorce. Now, I tell people, you have to evaluate evaluate yourself. Now, some people, and I'm going to talk about that later on, some people, they may grieve during the divorce. 
after the separation or whatever. Um, but me, this is just me. My grief didn't happen during the divorce after everything was over with. My grief happened during the end of the marriage. So I began to process things. I began to spend a lot of time in prayer. I began to not just examine the person I was married to, but also I was examining myself. I was drilling myself. Um, I gave myself a counseling session. I would wake up in the middle of the night, ask myself questions, write things down. I would look in the mirror. I would talk to myself as if I was a I was the counselor talking to that patient. That's how I was doing it. And so a good friend of mine, my, actually my training officer, he found out that I was uh, going through the divorce. Uh, she asked me, she was so heartbroken. She said, well, will you ever get married again? I said, yes. I said, matter of fact, I'm planning for my next wedding right now. And she said that laughing, but I was serious. The reason why I said that was because during my session of me counseling myself, I began to ask myself some hard questions. And I told God, I want you to not just answer my question, but I want you to ask me some questions so that way you can be able to help me to get the healing that is needed. So one of the questions that I asked God, I said, God, will I get married again? Do I want to get married again? And he spoke and said, yes. He spoke up for me and he told me, hmm, yeah. I said, you know what? Yeah. I need to get married again because I'm not boyfriend material. I'm husband material. And that's the way we have to look at it. All this, well, that's my boyfriend. Now, I do understand that terminology, boyfriend, whatever, but checking the motive of why we say things. If you are in a relationship and it's going nowhere, then you need to get out. That's that's boy or girl male or female, whoever you are, if you're in a relationship with someone and it's going nowhere, abandon ship. So I just wanted to put that out there. And the reason why I said that because we had to check our motives, examine ourselves, you know, begin to replay the tape back pertaining to the past relationships that you were in so that way you can better understand yourself but also better understand the choices that you're making, the people that you are choosing in your life. Like I said, that doesn't mean that that person is bad. No. You know, you think about it. If someone loves Coca-Cola, do you actually think Sprite's out of business? No. Because there are some people that have a taste bud for Coca-Cola, but they hate Pepsi. But then there are others who love Pepsi, but they hate Coca-Cola. So the thing is, to each his own. The Coca-Cola company and the Pepsi company should not go out of business because someone desires their flavor. So the key thing for you is to choose someone that wants you as their flavor. But unfortunately, a lot of times we're either choosing people who we're not their flavor or we're allowing people to come into our life where they're not our flavor. So, like I said, it goes both ways. I want to speak to the male and female. So, if we can really understand 
for us to be able to examine our motives. You know, the period that they came into our life or the people that you're choosing in your life, what is your motive of allowing them into your life? Is there an emotional need that you have that you try to help them to validate you? Or are you busy trying to help them? Are you trying to change them? Are you trying to make them your project? Think about it. Are you trying to make them your project instead of your partner? These are the kind of conversations we have to think about. And a lot of times when we choosing when we are choosing the wrong way, then we end up choosing the wrong people and the consequences end up being a relationship that's doomed for failure. So we have to take our motive. Why are we choosing these type of people in our life? Like I said, you may be getting someone that has a goal, has dreams, have ambitions, but like I said, if you're not planning on doing anything, then you are hindering in their life. You are hindering them from being with someone that's going to be with them, that want to be with them. You know, so when we look at the motive, examine our motive. Of course, we can examine their motive. We have to examine their motives. We got to check them out. We got to ask those questions to help us understand what their quote-unquote DNA is. But just like we examine them, we cannot omit at examining ourselves. Because a lot of times we we so busy we thinking about them, we dog that we talk about them, but we fail to examine us. Because a lot of times it ain't them. They it's just like if I meet somebody and this person is en route to the strip club, this girl might be a stripper. But as she's going to the strip club, if I try to talk to her to conversate, get her number, and quote unquote have try to have a relationship with her, and then if I try to convert her from a stripper girl to a church girl for my girl, then who would be at fault? Is it her? No, it is me. See, I already saw the path that she was in. But what we have to realize, we have to realize something that is so easy to say but so hard to accept. We have to remember you can't change people. We have to stop trying to change people. It's so many people that go into a relationship trying to change people. So many people go into a relationship to try to, quote, unquote, build a bear. Like that store, build a bear, they're trying to create their own pet. And some of the people are doing the same thing pertaining to love. You cannot do that. You have to accept the person for the way that they are. One of the things I always say is, if you meet that person and that person never change, would you be happy with who they are? If you're not, then be mature enough to leave them alone. Because it's not them that's the problem. It's you. When you try to change a person, or even if you try to go into a relationship 
with the idea of, well, see, I can make them do this. I can make them do that. No, it's witchcraft. When you try to make somebody or control somebody, but also you're already coming in with a game plan, a manipulative game plan to try to change them for who they are. You're not loving them for who they are. You're trying to love them for who you think that you can make them. And so when you try to do that, then you're trying to take the place of God. So that's when you get in trouble. No matter how that person is, this is all about what? An accountability. It's all about you being responsible enough to respect others. But also, there are some people, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, there are so many people, when it comes down to getting into a relationship, there are some people, they don't want to put in their whole all in all. There are some people going into a relationship already with a plan B. That's, you know, hey, to each his own. There are some people, I tell people like this, I think all cheaters should date each other. And then eventually get married. Those that want to go in with a plan B, hey, let them deal with those type of people. But if you are sincere, if you want to give your whole all in all, and if you want God to lead you, if you want to do things God's way, then those are the type of people that you need to be with. In other words, be with someone that is like you. Now, I'm not saying that y'all are exactly alike pertaining to uh, common interests or anything like that. I don't mean it like that. But I mean pertaining to your motive of love. That's what I'm speaking about. Now, along with, you know, checking your motive, checking your motive of why you're pursuing that person and also examining their motive or why they're pursuing you. Do a more intense background on the person of the well, you can't do the person of the past anymore. You can you can still from this point on do a more intensive background check on your future potentials. I'll say it that way. Forgive yourself. Make sure that you do your homework, learn from your mistakes. Like I said, a lot of times when we boil down to it, we've all had made mistakes. It's just like going to school. When you take a test or when you do your homework assignment, the way you're going to be able to learn is you find out where you made the mistakes on your homework. You find out where you made the mistakes. Then you find out why you made those mistakes or how you made those mistakes. And then you learn from it. The other thing is, Develop responsible, godly accountability partners. Develop responsible people that is trusting, that is godly. Someone that you can look at, they have a track record. I always tell people, um, sometimes we may know married people that are in a healthy, godly marriage. Those kind of people that may, hey, you know what? They may be able to see from the outside looking in. Those things that will really help us. Now, when it comes down to what we dealt with in the past, and like I said, I'm I'm pointing to my eyebrow where I had injured myself. 
I want us to think about this when it when it pertains to healing, when it pertains to um healing from past hurt, past rejection, whatever, think about and examine the type of injury that you sustained. What do I mean? There are some injuries that there is no visible injuries. Now, it may hurt, but after you have checked, you you don't see any wounds, you don't see any bruises. Those are minor. Uh, there are some falls that we might have had as a kid where we fell and we got right back up and it was just a little dirt on our arm or shoulder or whatever. We knocked it off. Don't hurt. Nothing. Those are what I call no injuries. But then there are another injury that may require a Band-Aid or a bandage. That's what I call a light look, if you want to say flesh wound, paper cut, little Band-Aid to cover that. Another one, another injury would be an injury that requires stitches. Those could be some type of puncture on your skin. Now, with those, because your skin was punctured, stitches having to be required. And so with the stitches being required, that means that the doctors had to stitch them back up or place them back together because it was not going to be able to heal properly without the stitches. So those going to take a little extra care. In other words, extra attention. And then lastly, there's some injuries that require surgery. Now, those kind of injuries, I call them something like stab wounds or bullet wounds. Bullets, not only there's an open wound, but now there's a foreign object within your body that has to be surgically removed. Now, when we look at it, when we look at those bullets or those foreign objects or particles that might have entered into our body, look at those as quote-unquote spirits. See, whenever there's some type of hurt or injury, the devil going to try to bring unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, other spirits. Um, it may even make you be at the point where, you know what, whoever hurt me, just because they hurt me now, I'm going to hurt everybody else. I don't care about love no more. So those type of injuries, we have to make sure to go to the spiritual ER immediately. Why? Because there's a foreign object in our body, and it will contaminate our body and ultimately kill us. Same thing pertaining to the emotional aspect of you. Excuse me. Now, 
when it comes down to matters of the heart, we have to add, we have to allow God to do a self examination on us. We have to allow God to help us to recognize these injuries that are going on because if you don't treat it, it will contaminate not just your emotional, mental body, your physical body, but your mental capacity. Like I said, there are people that have been hurt, they have been uh have allowed either they have become bitter, forgiveness, or sometimes they may choose, you know what, I'll never be in a relationship again. Now, I tell people, there's nothing wrong with choosing to not date again. That's that's fine. But check your motive of why you're doing that. Now, if you want to be single because, you know, you prefer to be single, that's one thing. Hey, and you can do the work of the Lord. You can Live your life, that's fine and dandy. But if you're choosing to be single because someone has hurt you, then you're actually allowing that person or people to control your life. If you're scared to love again, now that situation, that's something that God wants to deal with because you think about it, God didn't give us the spirit of fear. So if fear didn't come from God, then who it came from? It came from the devil. But it came from the devil based upon hurt, based upon the opposite of love, based upon, like I said, it could have been a wrong decision, a bad decision that you made. But, hey, don't beat yourself up. But we have to give it to God. And I know many people say, well, you know, um, you know, just give it to God, God. But a lot of times we don't tell people how to give it to God. This is one of the things that you, how you give it to God. Just be real. Just like how you can talk to somebody face to face or talk to their trust and friend. Talk to God that way. Hey, you know what, God? I'm hurt. I'm frustrated. You know, I gave my a whole heart, I gave everything I could in this relationship, and this person still cheated on me. This person still used me. This person, um, I, I gave this person my all in all, and they disrespected me. Tell God these things. Tell God these conversations. And when you tell God these conversations, believe me, he's going to respond back to you. But also, he want to make sure to help you to learn from the choices that you've made. So that way you can be able to recognize when the devil try to bring a carbon copy of someone of the past, you'll be able to recognize it. Because all we tell people, when a person leaves you, when a person breaks up with you, that's a good thing. So in other words, they're freeing you to be with someone that God wants to send to you. Just point blank. But like I said, that doesn't mean that they're a bad person or whatever like that. Either God may want to send them, God may want to send someone to you. When someone frees you, then they get then that means that you're available for the right one. It could be, 
hey, it could have been that person, but the wrong timing, whatever. But only God knows. But the main thing is you being real and you being comfortable and confident with the decision that you make. One of the things I always tell people, when God blesses, see, God blesses marriage. God even blesses uh, dating. But when God gives blessings, he gives riches and adds no sorrow. If there's conflict, if there's drama, if it's toxic, then it ain't of God, just point blank. God don't believe in disrespect. God don't believe in abuse. That could be physical, mental, or even sexual abuse. That ain't of God. But is it wrong for you to tell God that you want to be in a relationship? No, it's not. He want to know. I'm going to say it like this. God knows everything about you. But he want to hear from your mouth. It's going to help us to learn for us to be able to be in the right type of relationship and be with someone that would honor him and someone that will respect us and also for you to be able to respect that person. Love is reciprocated. But we have to remember doing things God's way. I always say it like this. Recovery, just like we talk about the injuries a few minutes ago, and I said some injuries require surgery. Now, what happened after the surgery? What happened after the surgery? Where does the person go when a person has surgery? They go to the recovery room. In that recovery room, what takes place? Rest. Much rest. In other words, your body have experienced some type of trauma, not just the trauma of the injury, but also the trauma of the surgery. So now your body requires rest. Now, during that recovery process or in that recovery room, in order for you to get released, well, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, you rest. As you are resting, now you have to reflect. Reflect. Like I said, evaluate what transpired, what went right, what went wrong in choosing that person. Think about the good things. And how they say, eat the meat and throw the bone away. Write down the bad things or the bad experience, and use it as an opportunity to learn and grow from. The other thing is regroup. Regroup. Regroup yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Now, before a person get released from the hospital, what does a person have to do after they have had surgery? They have to make sure the staff members of the hospital make sure that that person is able to use the restroom. In other words, using the restroom where you're able to function. If you can't use the restroom, then you won't be released. So with that being said, if you are in a spiritual or emotional hospital and God has given you surgery of removing those things, those 
object out of yourself, out of your heart, out of your mind, because you have dealt with some type of situation pertaining to a breakup, divorce, or something. If you are in it in that period, you will not be released until you quote unquote get back to some normalcy of using the restroom. In other words, if you're able to hold down food, if you're able to function, like I said, that's using the restroom, that's eating, drinking. A lot of people after they've had surgery, they'll eat food, but what happens? They'll throw it back up. And so what will happen? Eventually, they're going to be back in the hospital. In other words, there's something's wrong. So as you in the recovery room, remember this, you're being monitored. You have to allow yourself to be monitored. So that's in a physical, but that's the same thing pertaining to the emotional, the spiritual and emotional. So after you have been able to get your rest, reflect, regroup, and that group consists of the restroom, food, and all those things. Now you're released. But remember this. Even though you're released from the hospital, you're no longer an inpatient. You're still in doctor's care. So what do you have to do? You have to go to the rehab. In that rehab, that's where your healing and even your deliverance would take place. Your healing your deliverance because there are some people you choose the same type of people. It may be the different face, but it's still the same spirit. Some people will say, well, don't you realize you're attracting the same type of person? So in other words, with their rehab, you're being taught how to love. You're being taught what love looked like. You're being taught how to recognize love. But also you're being taught how to choose someone that's capable of love. Hmm. In that rehab, that's when you're being educated. You actually working that area that you may have had surgery in, you working that area, or you allowing God to work that area. And what I found out in the injuries that we've had that may have required surgery, that rehab, sometimes it makes you cry. There are things that are revealed. It, it breaks up those scar tissues. See, what I found out, God want to not just heal the wound, but he want to heal the wound, the scars, and those scar tissues. See? Those scars are those visible, is is visible. It's already on the skin. But those scar tissues are within the skin. And a lot of times we don't recognize those scar tissues until we begin to rub it and it's a big knot. Or as we walk in and we bump into it and it's still tender. Mm. But see, those scar tissues are those lingering memories that may come back up. Have you ever dated someone and you may have 
uh, they may have uh, cheated on you. Uh, you may have be ho- you might be holding on to some type of hurt or unforgiveness towards them, and then all of a sudden, out the blue, you might be at the store. You might see a DVD, and that DVD may remind you of them. Oh, y'all used to watch that together, whatever. But see, if you holding on to unforgiveness, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a sour taste. So God wanna break up those scar tissues. God wanna break up, like I said, that wound, the scar, and the scar tissue, so that way you can get back to some normalcy. But also God wanna deliver you of choosing the wrong type of people. But also understanding when it comes down to not just choosing I spoke about choosing the type of people, but also what we have to do, we have to recognize and learn our identity in Christ, not in people. Because a lot of times there are some people that choose to date people. I was mentioning earlier about their motive. Sometimes some people, they want to be in a relationship so they won't be alone. That's the wrong reason to be in a relationship. And what happens, that person, the person that's trying to get into a relationship because they are scared to be alone, what they're doing, they're subconsciously choosing somebody to take the place of God. And then they're going to require that person to do everything that you're expecting God to do. And then you're going to be frustrated and disappointed because that person won't be able to satisfy you. But in fact, it's not their fault. It's your fault because you're choosing someone instead of choosing God. You're depending upon that person instead of God to fulfill your joy, your your security, or your identity. So what we have to do, we have to be responsible in knowing our identity in Christ, not in people. But also we have to understand love is free will. In other words, you can't make somebody love you. If they don't love you, hey, that's fine. God bless them. Move on. But also understand love is not a verb. Love is an action word. So in other words, if someone telling you that they love you, then there should be some corresponding action that go along with their words. But see, when you deal with someone and all they're saying is, well, yeah, I love you, I love you, but they're not showing anything, then there's something wrong with them. But then also, let me tell you something. If you're with somebody and you know that they ain't no good, you know they're cheating on you, but then they ask you, but somebody asks you, hey, why are you with them? Oh, because I love them. Wait a minute. Now, let me backtrack. Why do you love them? Because you just said that they cheat on you. You just said they treat you wrong. They talk. They put you down. They try to divide you and your family and your friends. But you say you love them. Ask yourself why you love them. Or what are you basing their love upon? Because you just can't say the excuse because I love it. A lot of times people use that excuse. That's a, that's an illegitimate excuse because you love them. No, no, no. You need to explain why. And if you can't say why, and also if you make an excuse for them, then that's not love. 
if they're disrespecting you, if they treated you less than the person, the man or the lady that God called for you to be, then you don't love them. You just don't want to be without them. Just point blank. It could be because of sex. Hey, well, you know, um, I, I, I love them. Well, first of all, have you been sexually involved with them? Because a lot of times those emotions that you're saying is love, that ain't love. They're just soul ties or they're just an infatuation. So you have to be able to identify and be real. Hey, look here. Let's be real. If it's, if it's sex that you want, then understand God deal with the consequences. Because remember, God wants you to wait. Because sex is not going to fulfill all your needs. You know what's going to happen? You're going to have sex with them, him or her. You have sex with them. You're going to feel good for a few minutes. And then after that sex is over with, you're going to feel empty. Just point blank. Let's keep it real. How they say we're going to keep it 100? We're going to keep it 100. Sex does not fulfill your needs. Now, what happens, sex is going to frustrate you. First of all, sex is going to frustrate you because you're already doing it outside of God's will. Point blank. But then also what happens, you're going to be in, you're going to be in need of that person when they begin to make you feel bad or when you feel that mm, when you don't feel appreciated, you know what's going to happen? The only thing that's going to give you a temporary relief for a few minutes is that sex. But then, like I said, after that sex is over with, you're going to feel worse, 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 and worse. And you're going to feel more empty. You're going to be more drained. You're going to be more guilty because you're being deprived of something and of someone that God really has for you. Not just ultimately the person that God has intended for you to be with, but also that person yourself. The more that we intertwine with people that's detaching us from the men and ladies that God called for us to be, the more we begin to lose ourselves. We've lost so much time as it is. But the worst thing about losing time is losing your identity. And a lot of times people don't recoup from that. So with that being said, recognize love. Love is a choice. If someone chooses to love you, great. But like they can't make somebody love you. You can't make somebody have a baby and then think that you're going to trap them. That's not going to work. Just because you have that baby don't mean that they're going to stay with you. So you have to recognize, first of all, the worst thing you can do is be intimate with someone. And that intimacy doesn't always have to be pertaining to sex. A lot of times we associate intimacy with sex, but there's intimacy that is not even sex. But you can be intimate with someone and really enjoy their company 
and you it's like you just complete each other's sentence. You I mean it's like time just drifts away. That's beautiful. But then again, those people that you try to force yourself upon, I don't care what you do, I don't care what you say. If you gotta force something, listen, once you, if you gotta force it to make it work, you gotta force it to maintain it. And that's a miserable relationship. That is not really a relationship, but also that's tolerating the person. That's settling. And that's not that's not healthy. That's not healthy. So with that being said, if you don't want if you don't want yourself to go through that drama, the main thing is asking God, God, help me to be that man or that woman for me to be able to recognize as a man, for me to recognize who I need to go to that's going to lead to a marriage that's going to be honorable to you. But then if you're a lady, God, help me to recognize that potential husband when he comes my way. But also, one of the as we get ready to wrap it up, I want to make sure that we recognize that that, that experience that we've dealt with in the past got to help us to clean and clean us from every residue pertaining to every hurt in the past. So that way you don't treat the person in your present in your future like the person that was in your past. You don't want to deal with someone new and make them deal with the consequences of the people of the past. So if you have been in that situation, then Give everything to God. And like I said, be transparent with God. Um, and recognize just because just because a person may be a male don't mean that all men are dogs. That's a myth. Being a dog is not a pertaining to a gender. That's a spirit. Actually, that dog is actually speaking about uh, a, a non-committable person. Someone that's a player, player. So there are men players, there are women players. So don't just think, well, we're all men and dogs. But see, mostly there have been men. No, forget about all that. Listen, there may be people that you may have known or maybe even be in your family, your friendship. Just because somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, just because somebody has had a failed relationship does not mean that you're going to have a failed relationship. We need to ask God to help us to get away from negative-minded people. But also, hey, look here, just because they failed with somebody else, hey, you ask God, hey, look here, God, so you know what I'm up against. So, God, you know who's right for me. So as a female, God, I'm not going to go to them. God, you're going to lead them to me. But as a man, God, you help me to be led to the one that I can marry. Someone that I can give my life for. Someone that I can give the flowers to call it the chivalry. And one of the things I always say, women, there are still some great men out there. There are some saved men out there. There are men that love you, that's committable, that ain't in for no games. There are upstanding, right men that are still out there. And also, guys, there are ladies that are out there that has integrity. 
that has respect, not just respect for you, but also respect for themselves. See, the devil wants you to settle for being a side chick or a side dude. The devil want to make you think, you know what, what's the point of getting married? It's just a piece of paper. No, 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 no. Love still exists, but most importantly, true love still exists. And God knows every everything pertaining to the thoughts and the ideas and the plans that we have, the desires that we have. The Bible told, told us, Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means God's way of being right, doing the right thing the right way. And then all these other things shall chase you down. In other words, God knows your thoughts, your plans. God knew you when you were in your mother's womb. So when you follow God's plan, get this, while you're on God's plan, he already had your spouse ready for you. He already have your spouse on your path. But you have to make sure you're on God's path that he has for you. So asking God to help us to identify the ideas, the thoughts, and the plans that he has for us and know everything pertaining to our past does not have to resemble, uh, excuse me, everything pertaining to our present don't have to, be, don't have to resemble our past. Everything that God has for us is for us. But the only person that can mess it up is us. So we want to make sure no matter what situation occurred, we want to make sure that we give everything to God. That's our past disappointments, our past hurts, our past rejections. And know it's okay to love again. The main thing I want us to remember is this. God is a healer. God is a redeemer. Regardless of what transpired in your past, I don't care if you got dumped, I don't care if your spouse left you with nothing. I don't care if they cheated on you. Whatever you dealt with in the past, God can heal you. God can restore you. God can give you the courage to love again. God will give you the strength to love again. And I'm telling you, God is a God that does not lie. God, listen, if God is concerned about the strings on your head, don't you know that he's concerned about the strings on your heart? He's concerned about every aspect pertaining to Y-O-U. So that's part of the benefits as being a believer of Jesus Christ. We have someone that is there that will not only comfort us pertaining to the things that we do, dealt with or dealing with, but that pertains to everything, even the past hurt. A lot of times we just think God is just concerned about the thing pertaining to our involvement within the church. That's fine and dandy, but God is concerned about everything in your life. Remember this. God wants you to talk to him. God wants you to commune with him and talk to him about everything pertaining to you. So no longer feel like, well, God doesn't care about that. Or they're just too small. Listen, it's time for us to involve God in everything pertaining to our life. 
and know that God want to use what you dealt with in the past, use it as a testimony so that way to encourage those who may be looking for love, who may be trying to pursue love again, helping them to realize that what God got you out of, looking at what God got you out of, what God healed you from, and now looking at what God blessed you to be in, a happy, godly relationship. That's leading to marriage or a marriage that's honorable to him. And you could be not just happy, but be enjoyed and enjoying the blessing that God has for you. So I want us to remember, giving God everything and know that if you have not presented yourself to Jesus Christ, I would advise you to do so right now. If you feel like your past is too bad, I want you to know that God is a healer and the deliverer. God wants you saved and healed, but also God wants you hold. And just in case you might have been the one in the past who might have cheated on their spouse or cheated on their girlfriend, God wanted, God wants you to forgive yourself. But also, hey, nothing wrong with if you can go in that person you made wrong, apologize to them. Listen, you can repent to God, but see if you can apologize to that person. Now, that, uh, their apology, your apology is not a guarantee that they're going to receive it. But even if you do it and they don't receive it, you did your part. You're not concerned about if they receive it or not. But also what you need to remember, this is not an opportunity. and You're not just telling them you're sorry as a motive to get back with them. No, no, no. Get in your mind as if they were not going to get back with you. You still owe them an apology. That's a past debt that you need to pay. So giving them that apology, they, not just that they need, but they deserve. They deserve an apology. And that apology will not just be healing for them if they receive it, but also it will be healing for you. So that way you can clean the slate for yourself. So as men, I'm I'm gonna talk to the, the men, the brothers. Men, let's apologize to our ladies. Apologize to the ladies that we have used, misused, abused, disrespected, cursed out, dogged. Let's apologize. Listen, let's apologize to somebody's daughter. That's somebody's daughter. Think about if someone did your daughter that way, what would you do? You'd be ready to fight. Okay, well, why would you fight that person that disrespected your daughter, but you feel like it's acceptable for you to disrespect somebody else's daughter? Just think about that. But also as ladies, ladies, forgive. Ladies, if you have done somebody wrong, apologize. Realize that we all have made mistakes. But it's time for us to be mature, responsible people. So that way we can receive, we can be the men later that God calls us to be. As we get ready to pray, just in case someone who may be watching or listening, who may have some situations on their heart, on their mind, feel free. Feel free to hold them up before God right now. I mentioned earlier, 
Romans 10 and 9. No, I'm sorry. Romans 10 and 9, just in case someone may not be saved. Romans 10 and 9 tell us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ thy Savior and believe the heart God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Whatever your needs, concerns are, we can give to God right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on tonight. God, we're speaking right now, God. There are those who may be watching, who may be listening right now, God. God, they may have gotten tired of being hurt, tired of being used, tired of being abused. And, God, they feel like they can't, they, they don't know how to love again. But, God, help them God, right now, God, to give everything to you. God, help them to help them to give you their hurt, their wounds, their scars, their scar tissues, their unforgiveness, if there's any bitterness, if there's any anger, God, help them to give everything to you once and for all, God. God, help them to understand, God, and help them to receive even forgiveness towards themselves right now. There are so many people that are holding on to guilt. Uh, uh, they're troubling themselves. They're keeping themselves as a prisoner because they blame themselves and they beat themselves over the past decisions they have made pertaining to matters of the heart. But God, help them, God, to move on, to live on, God. God, help them to understand, God, even when they're holding on to unforgiveness, they are allowing themselves to be a prisoner of the past right now in the name of Jesus. So God, help them, God, to forgive not only the person they may have they may have hurt them, but also even help them to forgive themselves for even if they have chosen someone who may have used them or cheated on them, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we even speaking, God, for those who may have been the abusers, God. Emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever, spiritually. God, we speaking, God, that you give them that desire right now, God, to repent to you and to apologize to those they have hurt right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we even speaking right now, God, even if they don't come and apologize to us, God, help us, God, to even forgive them, God. And God, help us, God, to move on and to live on right now in the name of Jesus. Instead of buying everything you stand for, we buying every problem, we buying every confusion right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for helping us love again, to live again, God. And, God, we thank you, Lord, for helping us, God, to not give up on love right now, God. But, God, ultimately, God, we know that you are the creator of love, God. And you are love. And God, help us, God, to receive your love, God. And not only in receiving your love, God, but also, God, help us to receive the love that you have for us to receive for ourselves right now. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God, to develop and build on that relationship that you have with us and that we have with you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and God, as we seek you like never before, God, God, you will lead us to a healthy relationship that will lead to marriage, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for helping us, God, in receiving that relationship, God, that will be honorable to you right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God, to live on and to move on right now. In the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we're speaking, God, for those who may be listening, those who may be watching right now, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you bless them to have a beautiful week right now, God, of deliverance, of 
victory right now, of wholeness right now, God. God, we speak it right now. Just put your head of protection right now, God, of those people, God. Their mind, God, put a protection on both their mind upon their heart right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God, to have you as the gatekeeper of our heart right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and God, help us, God, to recognize those who may be harmful to us right now, God, or even those who you are allowing into our path right now. Help us to recognize, God, help us to have the spirit of discernment, God, to be able to recognize those that were sent by you or those that were created by the devil right now in the name of Jesus and Lord we thank you Lord for the testimonies coming from this right now God God we speaking right now God those who may be in special need right now God those who may be hurt God those who may be grieving right now God God we speaking God that you hear their heart right now God we even know God even death God even death God can cause someone to feel like they can't love again because the pain was so hurtful God God speaking God that you heal them right now God we speaking to the widows and to the widowers right now God heal their heart God heal their broken heart right now God God especially even uh, regardless if the death has happened if it was sudden or if it was a foreseeable God Help them, God, to be able to even give their hurt to you right now, God. Even do this grieving process right now, God. Help those right now, God. God, we speak, God, that you help those, even with like the Murray family right now, God. The widow, God. God, Rosalind, God. God, we speak, God, that you come her, God, even through this transition, God, of, of, of the absence of her husband right now, God. God, we speak, God, that you comfort her, be with her right now, God. Be with her family right now, God. Upgird them right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, God. Everything you're going to do right now, God. And God, we speak, God, in a special amount of God. Protect the children, God, while they're in school right now, God. God, we bind the spirit of pedophiles right now. We bind every bullying spirit right Right now, we even bind the spirit of violence right now in the name of Jesus. God, we praying over this land and country right now, God. Don't look like the devil trying to run rapid right now, God. But, God, we speaking, God, that you help us as the leaders, God, as the ministers, as people of God, just come together, God, and put an end to this right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you help us, God, to be on one accord right now, God, to pray against violence right now in the name of Jesus. Senseless killings right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do right now, God. And we praise your name, God, and it is well right now, God. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who are listening and supported this program. If you have any suggestions on future topics, feel free to contact me on Facebook on Brother Prater. Uh, you can read my daily devotion and uh, videos on my page, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to my website, uh, brotherprater. Excuse me, brotherprater. Org. www.brotherprater.org. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events, and also personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and responsibilities to their families, their children, their spouse, or even their children's mother. To inform women the needs of men and to give single women 
the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.